0: And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belial. You can email the show at bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. That's bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. It's just swimming with bow legged women. All social media can be found at Boots and Whiskey Podcast. The show is great, even if you're sober. Well, my advice to you. Start drinking heavily. Jim loves his music and his whiskey. A real
1: woman could
0: stop you from drinking. It has to be a real big woman. This is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Great music, great booze, and fun, even for you non-drinkers. Y'all want to drink whiskey? (laughs) I'd like a Coca-Cola in a clean glass. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. As always, I am Jim. I am your host. I still can't believe we're on Season 4. Five of this show holy crap um as we've talked about in the last couple of weeks these are stories these are feel-good stories um to kick off the year the right way of 2023 um i hope you're all enjoying your 2023 so far already today we are joined by gold pine gold pine is consistent of ben and cassie wilson um they are husband and wife they are traveling the country in their van Or, yeah, in their van. In their automobile, Living in Nashville as well when they're not on the road and just killing the Americana scene. Um, This is one of those conversations that, um, and you know me, uh, super honest here at the show. I honestly, there were points of this conversation that I was like, this can't get over fast enough. Um... There was moments where I was like, oh, my God, we don't see eye to eye about anything. I thought this conversation was going to be really hard to get through. Um, But then we started talking about life things. And the whole conversation turned around for me really fast. Um, Again, super honest. I'm probably giving you way too much information here. But I feel it's important to give you the like behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, I really do. Uh, nothing but honesty here. You know, and I'm sure maybe they felt the same way, where it was like, oh, God, this guy's a douche. And I, I probably am. But, and I'm going to say this, and I mean this in all sincerity, this is why I love this genre. Okay? Because this genre brings us together unlike any other genre that's out there i think um you know like i said gold pine is a very americana um based group uh band if you will um you know so there's they're a little different than country music i think the premise is the same the sound is the same I think there's just, there's, there's a slight difference in Americana and country, and I'll let you debate on what that is, and I think we we even talk about it a little bit here in this conversation. But, um, like I was saying, this is why I love this genre, because I thought what was going to be a really tough conversation to have while we were having the conversation turned into a conversation that made me realize how similar we all are we really are we're all the freaking same you know white black gay straight from the north from the south from the east from the west it doesn't matter we're all human beings and that's why i was so honored to put this conversation in the month of January, because I thought it was one of those conversations that needed to be here. Um, honestly, Gold Pine was slated to be in the end of 2022, um, you know, kind of recap and the, uh, you know, and how we were doing the releases every couple of days there for a while. And, and all that they were, they were slated to be in there. And then, When we first had the conversation, once we had the conversation, I was like, shit, they need to be in January, and I'm so glad they're here. Um, So without further ado, I want to give you – I'm going to be bold and probably say that this this is going to be one of those conversations I remember for the rest of my life. Um, I wouldn't be surprised that if at the end of 2023, at the end of this year when we're recapping things, this – is still one of my favorite conversations I've ever had in my entire life. So to them, thank you so much. I hope you guys enjoy their story because it's a great one. It's very fascinating. It's very cool. Um, So without further ado, our conversation with gold pine. We want to give a big shout out to our friends over at Off The Rails here in Worcester, Massachusetts at 90 Commercial Street, Worcester. They have the best food, the best music around. You will not go wrong. Go to their website, offtherailsworcester.com. You can see their lineup of shows. You can see their menu. You can see the local talent they have. Absolute fantastic people. We love being a part of the Off The Rails family, and we love having them being part of our family. Thank you so much to Off The Rails. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Hello.
2: Hey, how's it going?
0: Good. How are you guys?
2: We're doing good.
0: Excellent. Thanks for being on the show. Sorry that it's taken so long, but man, that's it's, okay. it's been a ride. That's for sure. No worries. So tell, like I told you through text, this is all about you. Um, I want you to tell your story. Let us know who you are, what you're doing, where you've, you know, kind of come from, how this has all started and, you know, we'll, we'll go along the way.
2: Okay, yeah. So the name of our duo is Gold Pine, and it's me and my husband Ben, who is here.
0: Hey, 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 Ben.
2: And um, we're full-time musicians. We have been for ten years, and we tour around the U.S. and um, and Africa. And we tour in our converted van that, that Ben made into a tiny home, and it is amazing. And we park at your local Love's Walmarts and Cracker Barrels. That's where we sleep, and uh, it's a fun life, and um, I'm so glad that we get to do what we do for a living, you know, and we do it together. We've been married 13 years, and um, we have a brand new uh album out and an actual record too this time and it's called one and um we're really excited about that
0: so so, all right hold hold on i'm gonna stop you because that's that's interesting as all hell so you guys do you live out of your van full time
2: not full time so okay only when we're on the road so we just got home from the road yesterday so we were out for 47 days damn (laughs) Yeah, we put some miles on there.
0: Yeah, what do, so in those forty-seven days, what did what did you do? Where did you go?
2: So our first show, let's see, we were we played the Opalaca Songwriter Festival, and we got to open for Ricky Lee Jones and the Indigo Girls, which was awesome. And it was like a three-day festival, and we played that. And then we just from there we went. Where did we go?
1: Oh uh, boy. <laughs> We went through Georgia, uh, all through the Carolinas, up to the East Coast. Um, Furthest we went out was New York City, then came back to the Midwest and did Detroit, Chicago, and then ended in Iowa for Thanksgiving with my family.
2: Yeah, we've been everywhere.
1: Wow,
0: that's incredible. Yeah. So at this point, have you been pretty much everywhere in the US?
2: No.
1: Okay. Uh, the furthest west we've gone is uh, Arizona, and then Montana and Colorado. We really haven't been west of there touring yet. yet. So we got a plan very far ahead to go that far away because it just stuff takes forever, you know. Yeah, yeah.
0: Wow. Now, how how far up this way have you gone? Like in the northeast?
1: Uh, uh. We've been to Boston. Uh, that's the farthest
0: northeast we've gone. Okay. Yeah. Where in Boston did you guys play? Because that's that's home for us. So So last
1: time we played at Toad,
0: Cambridge. Oh wow, that's not I don't even think that's there anymore.
1: Oh, oh we
2: loved that place. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think Man. they just closed like last this this year, earlier this year.
1: COVID. Too bad. Yeah, that was a really awesome gig, honestly. But we've been talking with um the burin at the back room. Uh, that we had that gig booked, and then it got COVID canceled. So we're gonna probably try to reschedule that one, or maybe at Club Passim
0: also. Yeah, yeah, Pasim's a good one. Uh, very small, very intimate. Yeah,
2: yeah, and that's you know really. So we call our music Americana, which is you know like country. Country soul singer songwriter folk all in one, but yeah. really we're storytellers and we just love playing those intimate small listening rooms and getting to do those are some of the best shows and and we really we can't wait to be able to play Club Destiny.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great little place. I've been there, oh god, I think only once. Um, I saw a uh, singer songwriter, you know what have you? Oh god, a bunch of years ago um the only gripe i have the only gripe i had about um pestine was the food options (laughs) that's the only gripe i had other than that sounded great um and you know it was one of those kind of like shows where it's like they made you you know you had to get something you know yeah so it was uh you know I, well, had, maybe I since, had McDonald's on the way home that night.
2: <laughs> yeah, well maybe since it's been a while since you've been there, when you go back, maybe they've upped their menu.
0: Maybe. I know when I the last time I was there, it was an all-vegan menu. Oh, okay.
2: Um,
0: and uh, if you could see me in person right now, you would know uh, <laughs> veganism is not a, a hobby of mine. Uh, but yeah, so it was tough. It was tough to, you know, do the whatever you know i think i i think i had bread or something when i was there but anyway anyway we're we're digressing hmm. um, now how what made you decide you know what this is what we're going to do were we were either of you playing music on your own before you got married or was this something that kind of like came came about
2: well we actually both were doing our own thing when we met i was doing like country soul and ben was doing well, at that time, he was in, he, had, he had moved to Nashville to go to audio engineering school. And so when we met, um, he started playing guitar for me and singing like background vocals and stuff. And then he actually started producing my albums and uh, was my producer. So that's kind of how it all started. And we actually didn't become a duo until like seven years ago. And people were really shocked. Um, because they already thought we were a duo, but it's kind of—I guess—we've always been playing together in some way for 16 years.
0: Wow, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Now, now, are either of you from Nashville originally?
1: No. No. Cassie's from Alabama, and I and grew up in Iowa. Yeah. So, so we've been here in Nashville. Well, Cassie's been here longer, but I've been here about 16 years now.
0: Now, what did that, um, you know, uprooting look like for both of you? You know, because you really come from two very different places to, you know, meet in the same place. That's that's pretty cool.
2: Well, for me, I moved to Nashville when I was 19 from Alabama and um, I had been I had been coming back and forth to Nashville. My dad had been bringing me and I was kind of just working in some studios and recording some songs and doing demo work for people. And I really had a desire to, to move to Nashville and live here. And then my dad ended up passing away when I was 19. And so I decided I was just going to move. And so I moved to Nashville all by myself. I um, packed up my Mustang and, and found a little tiny shack to rent and I moved here and it was the greatest, one of the greatest decisions I've ever made.
0: That's awesome. That's incredible. You know, sometimes you just got to do it, right? You just got to, you know, if you've got a dream or a thought, you just have to chase it.
2: Yeah. And doing it at such a young age, I was fearless. Like right. now I'm afraid of everything. <laughs> but and then, I, then I wasn't. I mean, I lived by myself. It, I just... I just wanted to do music, and I wasn't afraid, and so I'm glad I did it. What about
1: yeah. you, Ben? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I moved to Nashville to go to audio engineer engineering school, as she mentioned. Uh, but it was, you know, I grew up in a totally different culture, uh, Midwest, and moving to the South was quite an adjustment for me just there's a change of mindset there's a change in the way people talk there's a change in priorities there's, there's speed
2: we, we're slow
1: speed yeah um, but i learned to love the southern style of music it really has kind of a liveliness and a soul and a push and pull to it that i just really love and um yeah you know I was writing music and playing before I moved to Nashville. And then when I moved here, I was like, there's so many people that play guitar, so many good musicians and artists and songwriters that I stopped playing for years after I came here. And it was just like, what's the point? (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And uh, I soon, you know, after that, I I picked it back up and slowly uh, realized that all that stuff can really just sharpen your skills being around so many good singers songwriters whatever uh you can really just allow it to make you a better better than you were Mm -hmm.
0: yeah yeah i mean i guess you know i hear it all the time where you know is was it like an intimidation factor for you where you see all these people and you go oh damn i'm I'm not that good or you know that song's way better than anything I've written is that why you kind of make that adjustment
1: yeah 100 percent yeah uh there was just you know like they say everybody the, your servers are better songwriters than you uh, you know the people at the coffee shops are are artists it's just Nashville is just a very unique place and mm-hmm. Having never had been
0: here before, I was very intimidated by all of that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, you know, they t- they say, what, what do they say? It's a ten year city where, um, you know, if in ten years you don't make it, you probably won't. It, yeah. Well, well, I
2: don't like that because I've been here twenty. Yeah.
0: <laughs> We're yeah. gonna have
2: to redo that saying.
0: I mean, I would say you've made it. I mean, you're on, yes. you're on this show, so.
2: Hey. <laughs> And you know what? Um, We have made it. And I'm I'm glad that you said that because I, you know, I was joking, but then there's truly we have, you know, we're doing what we love for a living and we're sustaining ourselves. Right. And we're getting to see the world and share our music and share our songs and connect with people on levels that we've always wanted to, you know, and our music, our music just really is like, it's like reading our diary if you go to our show. We're very honest with our lyrics. We write about things that have happened to us or a family member or a friend. And I'm just glad that we can that we can just reach people with our with our gifts.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's I always say like if you can do music for a living, like you said, and sustain yourself, you know, right there you've made it. Okay. Because you know, there's yeah. there's so many people that you know, try to balance both where they try to put everything in their music and then have a nine to five or whatever. And then, you know, something, something gives, something slips. Mm -hmm.
2: That would be crazy. I couldn't imagine trying to do both because it's so consuming, especially when you do We do everything ourselves for the most part. And, you know, when you are your team, I could not imagine having a nine to five because honestly, ours is way longer than a nine to five.
0: Oh, yeah yeah absolutely there's there's so much you know i think people see music and musicians as you know oh well you sit around all day and wait till (laughs) wait till you hit the stage at eight o'clock at night you know or nine o'clock or or whatever it is and it's not even close Mm. to the to the reality
1: yeah especially these days when so many artists are independent um, and you really have to do all of these put on all these different hats yourself yeah, uh, it's it's a little bit different industry
0: than it was for the rock and roll legends, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You 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 pretty much have to put in your, you know, the business aspect of it, you know, during the day, and then actually, you know, perform your craft at at night, and act, you know, that's when you make your money. Hey everyone, I just wanted to remind you about our friends over at the Afterglow Boutique, um, over there at Four Evergreen Lane in Hope Dale. Spot. She has moved out of Blackstone, moved into Hopedale. All of her stuff is still online. Don't forget, if you're gonna go shop online, put in promo code Boots. That's B O O T S at checkout for twenty percent. O O T S at the Afterglow Boutique dot com. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so in a way, you almost do a lot. I don't want to say you do it for free, you know, but you know, there's a lot of things that you know really you know the time you put into it you don't necessarily always make that that <laughs> money back you know yeah for sure it, yeah.
2: it's just an investment you know yeah. that you're you're investing in yourself and yeah. if you don't who would you know if you don't why would somebody else
0: right exactly exactly mm-hmm. so what made you guys decide to do the van thing uh throughout the
1: years of us touring, we had seen some f- different uh, artist friends of ours with vans that they were living in and touring in. And, you know, they might not have all been the best living situations in there. But I thought, man, how m- much more efficient could we make our touring if we were basically driving our house? Yeah. Because we were before that we were driving in our jetta small car pa- everything's packed the back seat is packed with stuff the trunk is packed and we're finding you know late at night cheap airbnbs and cheap hotels and it's just the stress level of trying to figure that out every night is really high yeah and so we this is actually the second van that we've had the first one was uh, kind of a a more primitive version, but we did tour in that van for, I don't know, a couple of years and it just made everything so much more efficient. Mm. Uh, we cook in our van. Most of our meals are cooked in the van. Uh, you know, we got a queen bed in there. We got running water fridge. I mean, it basically is a very tiny home and it really does feel like we're bringing our home wherever we are, uh, which is a big deal. You know, if you're just sit if when we were just in the car, uh, it just felt like, you know, our home was all the way over in Nashville. Right. It's wherever we go now.
2: It also allows you to to really just be all in because you know we just were on the road for forty seven days. Yeah. And if we had to have a hotel and like figure out hotels and and scheduling all kinds of stuff like that that i don't know that i could have done that for 47 days like that would have been a nightmare right um but being able to have the van it just makes it you can really go all in and honestly you know with your music you need to be out there playing all the time like you you know you need to be out there um and so i was a bit resistant to the van at first but honestly it's one of the greatest ideas been and he built everything himself like He is ridiculous like he should have his own TV show like he even made custom cabinets like if you see this thing I feel like people think they're like oh they have a van they probably have a queen size or like a a twin size mattress on the floor of like some janky van (laughs) and then people see it and they're like holy crap that's nicer than my home like he did such a good job it is so cute I'm gonna have to send you some video of it
1: yeah that's (laughs) a video on our Instagram
2: oh yeah it's on our Instagram yeah
0: Oh yeah, I'll well, definitely have to check that out. Because that's that you know, that's cool because you know, you see it on social media all the time when people do this and then you know they'll drive around and just live in their, their vehicle. And it's like, you know, one, I think that takes a lot of discipline on on your part because, you know, regardless of anything, you're still traveling, right? Um so I think it I think it's great. I think it's a really cool way to do it all and have it all done.
1: Oh
2: yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And check out the video on, on our Instagram. It's at Goldpine music. I think Cassie did a kind of a short video of just the interior of the van. Uh, it's pretty cool, but you know what she said, what I totally agree. She said that it allows us to be out on the road all the time to go all in. And there's probably, you know, other artists listening to the, to this podcast and To go all in is probably the biggest deal. You know, I can't imagine trying to, like we talked about earlier, work uh, part or full-time job and then doing music and how much that takes away from your artistry and your music. I understand people got to pay their bills, uh, but at least making that transition slowly over, you know, three or four years from working a full-time job to now working less hours and doing more music and then the next year, less hours and more music, then finally getting to music. Um, Making that progression is honestly the biggest deal. Cause I feel like people can get so stuck in what they're doing and then just kind of half-assing it, you know? So yeah, it's a big deal.
0: Yeah, no, it really is. It definitely is. You know, when you guys are writing your songs, right? You say you put everything out there. Um, has that ever caused any sort of, you know, now I'm getting deep and personal here, but has it ever caused, you know, any tension at home? You know, have you, has it been the, you know, Stevie and Lindsay kind of kind of thing at any point?
1: You talking about like, because we write songs that are just like so close to the heart. Yeah. And that type of thing. Yep. Um, I mean, we write a lot of the songs together. I don't know if really it's caused any tension between us, but I will say that we have written songs in our writing songs that delve into some topics like with our marriage that uh, is kind of ex- they're, they're exposing, you know? Sure. like we're dealing with things as humans and uh, in, in this and sometimes the struggle of marriage that we want to write about. Um, and it feels like we're just ex- like uh, peeling back layers as we continue to delve into that song. So I think, uh, along those lines, that's,
0: that's where we have been and will be more. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. You know, do you find it like a, ther- like a therapeutic kind of thing between the two of you when you can kind of have those, you know, that, you know, cause really it's an, it's a bigger intimacy. I would, I would argue, you know, that a lot of people don't have because most of us, I don't think have the talent to do it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you had to
0: say that question one more time. Um, I was, I'm more wondering if, if the songwriting between the two of you is, is, you know, a little more intimate, you know, it, does it cause a little more intimacy between the two of you because of, you oh, know, sure. the, di- the dynamic and, you know, does it help, I don't, you know, I'm, does it help you as like a couple to be able to do these things together?
1: I think it does help because like you or mentioned, you know, a lot of the songwriting feels like the songwriting uh, process sometimes feels like counseling sessions. You're right. revealing so many things. You're delving deep into motives and why you do things and hurts, and it to do that to be able to do that together with uh, with Cassie might not be you know a regular thing that other married couples do regularly. Maybe they do it every so often. Um, uh, but for us, I think it's just more often delving into deep issues. So, yeah, I think it really does kind of knit us together, uh, in a very unique way.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think, I think it, I'm sure it helps, you know, I'm really, really sure it helps, you know, cause I think anybody that's a married couple listening to this, you know, there's, there's struggles right along the way, no matter, no matter what you do, mm-hmm. um, and to, uh. To be able to have that, you know, I think it's it's very important to have that sort of release and conversation and you guys get to just do it in a very unique way. I think it's awesome.
1: Yeah, and, if, and this is kind of the only thing we've known as a married couple. You know, mm-hmm. we don't know what it's like to each work our separate eight-hour jobs and then come, you know, be at home in the evenings together. Like We don't know what that feels like right. or what kind of conversations would happen or not happen or what kind of feelings we would have in those situations like most of America does. And so, yeah, it's just an interesting place to come from. And, and there might be other couples out there listening that uh, work together and kind of relate to us more, but I definitely feel like we are a minority
0: Yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, there's like, I keep saying, you know, there's of you know, husband and wife duos like that, that can, you know, say that they've done it and done it well. And you guys do, you guys do it really well. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Now. So I'm really caught up on this whole travel thing because I've never, I've actually never talked to anybody that has done it the way you do it. Um, (laughs) I find it very, very fascinating. Now, do you do you block off times where like you know you just said you were out on the the road for forty plus days now? Do you come home, you know, at like this time of year, and will you stay off the road now through the holidays and into the first of the year, or you know, how do you how do you play that? How do you manage that?
2: For let's see, we're here most of December. We have like one show that we're flying out for in Wisconsin, but we're here most of December and just a little bit of January. But honestly it's not like we slow down whatsoever. We have, I mean, it's like almost, it's like playing catch up because you've been gone from home so long. I mean, not only are we trying to like take care of our house and do all the things that we need to do here, but we're also, this is the only time we're in town. So we're playing like, we're doing some Christmas shows. We're playing at the listening room. Like we have um, just different PR things that have been set up. So I feel like we don't have an off day whatsoever while we're here. But that's okay. It's 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 good to be home.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, well that's that's great. Now do you when you book your tours, are you doing that yourself or do you have a, a booking agent that does them?
1: Well I'm happy to say that we just signed with a booking agency here in Nashville, CMC Artists, Cumberland Music Collective. And Very excited to be working with them. They've just started the process. We signed with them probably a couple weeks ago, Uh, actually more than a couple couple months, maybe a month ago. A month ago, yeah. Uh, Very exciting for us because I have been doing all of our booking for many years uh, and I'll still be doing some booking. Yeah, it's honestly just a lot of work. Uh, I honestly hated doing booking for years And then it kind of got a little easier and a little easier. But it was just, it was like doing the thing that is opposite of your personality, like that kind of hate relationship, but knowing you have to do it. Yeah. So I did it. And I guess I just learned to kind of, you know, manage with it. He's really good at it. So yeah, a lot of emails go out, a lot of organization, a lot of Excel spreadsheets, a lot of maps and mapping things out. But I will say, on the road, I generally try to book us four days a week, and then have three days off. Um, usually, we'll take a full day and not do any work, which is nice. And then the other couple of days that we don't play, either we'll be uh, working on like promoting,
0: emailing, booking, or uh, songwriting. That's awesome. That's that. I, it sounds like you guys have it very well balanced and very you know, very well oiled at this point. I mean, you've been doing it long enough, right. That, you know, it's, it's nice to hear how well you have this all figured out.
2: Well, it's also, it's awesome having a team, like as far as two of us, right. You know, I could not do this without Ben. (laughs) Ben keeps me focused. He keeps me on a schedule (laughs) And he's just so organized, and he has really just—he's um, really just guided the whole thing. Yeah. Sorry, I think he might have saw a bug or something. who jumped up. <laughs> <laughs> and see, I'm getting—I'm getting distracted. Get She's down here. Do. Get me focused. Uh, but uh, being able to have two of us makes it just so much sweeter.
0: Yeah. Does it make it easier too? I mean, it's got to make it a little easier. Just you know, having to only deal with you know, one other person rather than, you know, an army.
2: Oh, yeah. Is it a band? Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine if we were traveling
1: with uh, many people. Oh, God.
2: Year.
1: I did now, not. I love the sound of a band, but dealing with all the different personalities and cutting paychecks all of the Yeah. Yeah. Line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tough one.
0: <laughs> now, has there ever been thought or talk of bringing in a full band?
1: Um, no. in the past, we have played with the full band before, but the kind of stuff that we do, even though our recordings feel full band, mo- mostly, we try to make our recordings to where when you see us live, you still feel like you're not missing anything. Okay. You know, I do like a suitcase kick drum. Cassie does harmonica and tambourine. I play electric and acoustic guitar. Uh, so, you know, it's more than just an acoustic show, but a big part of our live show is what happens between songs. Right. And so we tell a lot of stories. We bring a lot of background information in and just kind of hang out with the audience, if you will. Mm-hmm. The, the show, you know, anybody can go and listen to our music on Spotify but to see our live show uh, is a whole different animal because you really feel like you're invested and you're really a part of something at the show and really learning things and, and it's a real experience. So. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. I think that's, I think that's really, really awesome. Now with the music you've been putting out or the music you've just put out, um, what is the process now for you going forward with new music? Um, You know, do you have a bunch of stuff ready to go? Is it stuff, is there stuff out there that you're, you know, planning to put out, you know, with a purpose? You know, what's it look like for you guys in the next year or so?
1: Yeah, that's a timely question because as we, so... On the road, obviously, we're trying to songwrite as much as possible, trying to keep the momentum up for a new record, which we are writing for and probably have halfway uh, written. So, like, when we're here in December, a main goal of ours is to record as much as we can while we're here for a new record. You know, uh, if you ever put a record out, you pretty much have to have everything recorded and then you won't be able to come out with that record until like six months later, just because of
0: also don't forget our friends over at hogwash and rhinestones.com. Our good friend, Ray is the owner over there. She makes incredible clothing that you've seen all over the place from Nashville to Boston to everywhere in between some really big names have worn her stuff. That's hogwash, the letter N rhinestones.com. Check them out. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey podcast sent you. You won't be disappointed. Check them out. Hogwashandrhinestones.com
1: All the preparation work you have to do or maybe more than six months. And so um, if we are working on it ahead of time, then we won't be late in the game. I, I think I forgot the other parts of the question that you asked.
0: <laughs> no, no i was just more looking at, at timetable. You know, are you going to... You know, a lot of bands and artists now do singles, you know, every six or eight weeks. You know, is that something you're doing or are you going to not do that until the next album's ready to go and put out and put everything out at once?
1: I think our mindset right now is just that we're going to do another album. We have, as in the past, put out, you know, just singles. And I don't know. Off the top of my head, the thing I don't like about that is that at our live show, someone can't buy that product. Yeah. Now, it's not that a lot of people are have CDs or buy CDs anymore, but maybe like on vinyls and stuff like that. Uh, if we just put out singles, there's no way that those singles are going to be available at, as a vinyl at our show. Okay. So I don't know. This I, I like the album idea. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm with you. I'd, I'd prefer everything all at once myself, like maybe a single, you know, a couple of weeks, you know, eight weeks or so before the actual album comes out. But, you know, for yeah. the, for the most part, I really would rather everything at once than, you know, you hear a song and you're like, Oh, I can't wait for the next one. You know, and I get yeah. that's, that's part of the, you know, part of the plan there for, for a lot of play, people, for but, sure. um, um, you know, Nowadays, it seems like everybody puts out a single and then puts out an EP and all those singles are on the EP. So you're not getting anything new anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which is, you know, for somebody like me, infuriating because it's like, I want it all. I want it all.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: You know, and if you're going to put out a collection, put out something new.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we have artists that we love that have taken a break from albums and put out, you know, singles throughout the year. Uh, that don't go on an album and i don't know it feels kind of disjointed to me like i i like some of those singles but i don't feel like they would be they don't feel like they have a place for me so the album i think
0: is for me is a big deal yeah yeah i'm i'm with you a hundred percent on all that (laughs) so now that you're doing all this and you've got you know you have your New music that has just come out, you have you know plans for the next album. you know what show wise like what do you what do you want to do next? How do you go from where you are now to the next step, or for you, is there a next step, or are you comfortable doing exactly what you're doing?
1: I mean, we would definitely uh, want to we definitely want to continue to book kind of small to mid-sized listening rooms throughout the U.S. And we've also, uh, you know, with our booking agency, um, we're going to be doing quite a few festivals this coming year. So festivals and ticketed listening rooms, kind of smaller mid-sized, I think is really kind of our goal for
0: this coming year. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, do you you prefer that listening room style rather than, you know, uh, I don't want to say like a smoky bar, but, you know, a, a place where people will come, you know, maybe not necessarily to listen to the stories, but to just hear music. You prefer some, you, you prefer your audience to actually pay attention. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I, yeah, we definitely for sure would rather that um, those are the kind of places that we're booking and playing, you know, our music, we don't, we don't ever want to be background music. And I I don't think that anybody does, but I also, I like, I have big artists that I love and then you go to their shows and you love them and you're standing there listening and everybody around you is talking and, and drinking and yelling. And I'm like, we paid, like, so much money to come here. Like, you're not even listening. Yeah. And so there's just, there's such a beauty in the listening room places that we play that you can hear a pin drop, you know? And people are, they're on a journey with you. Like, people are laughing. People are crying. People are connecting with you. And after the show, they're coming up and and they're, like, saying lyrics back to you or saying how that song touched them. I mean, you know, we have off this new album, we have... Um, a song that Ben wrote about one of our neighbors um, who served in the Vietnam War. And every time Ben plays that song, people come up and talk to him about that their dad was affected by Agent Orange or their dad suffers from Alzheimer's also and because of that. And it's just music is powerful and I don't want to play when people can't hear. And so, you know, because if they can't hear it, then they can't you, they, you, they can't connect with you yeah. and so i'll any day choose i don't know a um, hundred people that are listening to fifty thousand that could care less
0: right no i'm i'm with you 100 percent. it's you know you every every now and again you see those t-shirts online or whatever that pop up and you, you know it, where it says like oh i'm sorry is the band interrupting your conversation right <laughs>
2: yeah well, sorry I,
0: yeah yeah i can't i hate going to shows and you know you get those obnoxious people that are just yelling to yell and it's like will you shut up like please yeah
2: yeah buddy
0: oh man I love that I love that because you know there's there is a you know I think there's a level of creativity and a level of artistry that goes into you know especially what you guys do that you know it's very important for the audience to just hear it you know it's like you know just shut up and listen and I think it's I think it's very important
1: yeah, and uh, you know, house concerts have also been a kind of a a, a rising uh, venue for people to uh, you know do their artistry into, and you know, you may get anywhere from twenty to sixty people in a house or a venue that uh, hosted by a house concert. And those are some of the best shows that we've Mm -hmm. done too, because people are there to watch, there to listen, there to be a part of something there, to have an experience. And, you know, especially you take a break in the middle and you can just really connect with that audience and they can, you can get to know them and they can get to know you Uh, those experiences and those types of atmospheres are what we're looking for.
0: Yeah. And like when you connect with them, with somebody, even if you know it's their first time hearing you, you know you've made a you've made a fan for life at that point.
1: Yeah, that connection is a huge deal. Honestly, someone cannot really like your music that much and connect with you, <laughs> yeah. And they will, they could be, yeah, attached with you forever.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, there's. There, I can't tell you how many artists I've seen in my lifetime where it was, you know, oh, I can't, I can't, you were, or who you are, you know, heard, heard one out of the, you know, 12 songs you played, only really liked one. And then, you know, learn, I don't want to say learn to like the, the other ones, but mm-hmm. you know, once you get that one, you go back and you listen to the other ones and you're like, damn, this one's even better than the one I really liked. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> now, so, what do you guys, you know, in, while you're on the road and and doing your thing, do you, do you do anything fun like on your off days? I mean, you're going all over the place, do you know, to see incredible things?
2: No, we don't let ourselves get out of the van, and we just, <laughs> no, so we get to see a lot of the you know new places that we have never seen before. So, on our off day, my favorite thing to do is. I hit up all the thrift shops and that's where I get all my clothes so I purposely only bring a a limited amount of clothes on tour so I can buy new clothes in all the different cities and then um, we have an unlimited regal movie pass and that's what we love to do we love to go see movies and so on our off days sometimes we'll even see two movies in one day And that's what we do for fun. We just love seeing new movies and just like just disconnecting and not thinking about work, which is really hard. It's yep. hard to not think about it. Like every time your phone rings, it's like, "ding, is that an email? Do we get a new booking? you know And so but we do we do actually have fun sometimes. Ah, just
0: kidding. <laughs> that's awesome. you know it, but you know, even for what you guys are doing, you know, seeing other art is just as important for your own.
2: Yeah, you know, because you could see a movie
0: or watch something on, you know, on TV or, you know, one of the streaming platforms and hear a line or see, you know, see a moment and be like, oh, this would be a hell of a song. Yeah, Yeah, that does happen. Now, how for your for your music, is it all autobiographical? Not all of it. In
1: fact. I'm trying to think, like, some of this new stuff that we're writing is kind of stories. uh, Yeah, stories that I hate to say made up stories that don't involve us. Okay. So, yeah, we do have some uh, non-autobiographical stuff. But honestly, a lot of there is a big portion of what we have written. That is about us, uh, well, and about our family members. Uh, we've written a lot about
0: family. Um, yeah. Now, do you have a do you have a preference? You know, you said you're you're working on things that haven't happened to you, or you know, or that are you know made up more or less. Now, do you pref- Is that more of a challenge for you? And do you do you like it better because it's a challenge or not a challenge? Or you know, where do you stand on your preference?
2: Um, I would say for me, it's kind of challenging. I I do most of my writing as therapy. So like when I go through something, it's really how I kind of get through it. So like, you know, like we have a song called, Oh Lord, I Need Some Mercy. And it's about my brother who was a past addict for 16 years. And then we have a song called My Favorite Parts of You, which is about my mom and my mom passed away last year. And, you know, there's just, it's for me, that is how I get through things as writing about it and putting it down on paper and then putting it out in the world. So sometimes I think it can be harder to write about stuff that I haven't personally experienced, Mm -hmm. but it's fun too. It's like a challenge and it's kind of fun. I think it also could be fun because it doesn't, sometimes when you're writing something that's so near to you, you wanna make sure everything is ex- like exactly perfect and factual and you wanna represent the situation exactly like it happened. But I think it can be more freeing kind of writing about this new stuff that we can kind of just make it up.
0: Yeah. Now, but is no it pressure. Har- right, right. Is it hard though, like when you when you write a song that's so personal and then have to play it every night or, or whatever? Does it keep opening the wound or has enough time passed for those things that you just, you know, you don't I don't want to say you don't have that emotional connection to it? No, I'm glad that you told. asked
2: that. That's a really good question. So, you know, we recently were in Colorado and we went to a thing called song school and we were there for a week and we met, um, what was his name? Was it Ron? Yeah, Ron Browning. And he is a vocal coach oh. for um, Alison Krauss, Winona Judd. I mean, everybody, he is the man and he is the sweetest, kindest person ever. And we went to one of his classes on performance and I was telling him, I'd never told anybody this, but I told him in the class, I feel, or excuse me, I felt guilty when I would sing the song about my mom. And if I wouldn't, if I didn't have like an emotional Um, experience or if I didn't feel sad I I felt guilty inside but I never told anybody that and so it was kind of like haunting a little bit and I was like oh you should you should be feeling bad like your mom passed away like how can you not feel bad while you're singing this but what he taught me and it was so freeing it was the it was the most important thing I learned that week at song school is that when when you're on stage and you're singing a song that's so personal to you It's your job to deliver the song and to let the audience experience whatever emotion that they want to experience. And I don't have to feel guilty about that because I've already gone through my emotions. I've already expressed it and felt it when I was writing it. That was when that's the time for me to be emotional. Right. And and honestly, just having that mindset was so freeing because now I can sing that song every night and just let the audience because the audience doesn't want to see me cry in the middle of a song or maybe maybe sometimes it's okay but do you know what I'm saying they don't like it, it could maybe make them uncomfortable but if i'm just delivering the song and letting them experience it theirself, there's such power in that and that's where the power is and so that's how i do it
0: of course, we can't forget our friends at the Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company out of Canada. That's drsupplyco.com. They have great stuff. All of the hats I pretty much wear, all the camo hats you see me wear either on TikTok or in pictures or whatnot, all come from the Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company. A big thank you to those guys out there. drsupplyco.com. Check them out. Canadian company. Great stuff. Check them out. Yeah. No, that's that's incredible. You know, I think that's, I think that's absolutely right. You know, it's got to be, you've got to almost let it go. I don't want to say, I hope you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh, you know, not no. let it go, but, you know, let exactly what he said, you know, let whoever's listening to it have their own experience with it. Mm-hmm. Because you have already had that. Yeah. 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 Because, yeah, I mean, I, I could see, you know, like me being me, you know, I could see myself writing something super personal and then beating myself, beating myself up over it every night. You know, yeah, you know, it's, it's it's crazy how you just have to you have to let it go.
2: And it's something the thing that's so beautiful about that. So the song, my favorite parts of you about my mom, you know, it is so special to me. And like being able to have that song and to go through and know our relationship that I've had with her and to be able to share that with people and let them have their own experience with it. It's been, it's been so amazing because literally every night someone will come up to me and be like, you know, that song meant so much to me. I I lost my mom this year or I lost my mom 30 years ago. And that's exactly how I feel. Or sometimes people will come up to me and say, I never had that relationship with my mom and we don't get along. And this makes me want to reach out to her. And so if I wasn't so vulnerable and if I was up there having my own thing, then it would take away from them being able to have theirs. And so that I'm just so glad. Thank you, Ron. Yeah. Learning that.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. You know, because I know, you know, I, you know, doing this, you know, I, I've heard a lot of songs. I've listened to a lot of people and, you know, every now and again you stumble across a song that, you know, for me, like, like people have come up to you and said, you know, it makes me think of such and such, you know, I've heard songs that make me think of things in my life. And like, I share it with, you know, that person or whatever. And it's like, I share it. I'm like, oh shit. (laughs) Like Now I feel bad because now they're probably thinking, you know, something that isn't necessarily true, but you know, there's a um, perfect example. There's a Cody Johnson song out there about, um, you know, more or less the, the gist of the song is, Um, it's from an elderly man's point of view and, you know, he's dying and his family is just kind of like all set with him, you know? And, um, you know, it kind of really made me reminisce about my grandfather when, when he was on his way out and it's like, you know, not so much that you're ready for the person to go, but you know, when you're, when you're the caretaker for somebody Mm -hmm. like that, you know, it's very, it's exhausting. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I shared it with my dad and he, he's never really kind of like acknowledge the fact that I sent it to him because, you know, because it's, it's, it's very, very powerful and it's very, you know, reminiscent and it's, it's, it's it's pretty crazy. And I know when my father listens to this because he listens to all these episodes, he's going to text me and be like, well, what, what the fuck? What are you, what are you talking about? (laughs) But, but it's true. You know, I, I love being able to share music with, with others. And I love that you're able to do that with yours.
2: Yeah. And you know, it, like you said with that, I haven't heard that Cody song, but it's like there's so much power too in knowing that someone else went through that same similar similar, similar, similar situation to the fact that they would write a song about it and then put that out there. and then other people can know like the way I'm feeling and thinking is not wrong. I'm doing something good here, being a caretaker, but it's so exhausting. Yeah. You know I, I took I helped take care of my mom. And not on any level that most people have to, but it is exhausting because you put them above you at all costs. And, you know, the feelings and the thoughts that people have are not wrong and you shouldn't feel guilty about it. You know, for anybody that's listening, you know, you're doing, you're doing good, but you're also entitled to having feelings and emotions of what you're going through. So I'm going to have to look that song up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'll send it to you because it's, it's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. you know, cause you're right, you know, you see things and you go through things and, you know, um, I'm not going to lie to you. This is probably the most personal I've ever gotten in a <laughs> in a podcast episode ever. <laughs> that's um, see, that's so, what we do to people. So thanks guys. <laughs> but, you know, it, you know, I, I saw, I watched my father re- my, and my mom, you know, they both struggled hard taking care of my grandfather, you know, and it was, you it was, you know, I hate to say it this way, but it was a relief, I'm sure, for my mm-hmm. for my parents once he went, because it was like, you know, and but also like, a, okay, well, what do we do now? Because we've been caring oh, this yeah. person for so long, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and kind of like, you know, this year my my mother in law, you know, battled breast cancer and you know came out, you know, thank God came out the other side, you know, and cancer free now. But, awesome. um, you know, she lives with my wife and I and our kids and you know my wife is one of three kids and because she's with us you know my wife had to do all kinds of things that you know I'm sure she never in a million years would have thought she would have ever had to do at you know 36 you know and um it's just it's incredible it's incredible what we go through as humans for the people we love and how much how much music out there there is that that go go about that you know, yeah.
2: yeah, and you know it's it's hard times, but it's also just times that you treasure treasure, you know, like yeah. all all the hard times that you go through, but you do it all over again because it's your family and you love them, you yeah. know hmm.
0: yeah, absolutely, wow, well, this has gotten real deep, and i I'm gonna call my therapist and tell her I'm canceling this week.
2: Yeah, because you can just send us that check. So. <laughs> right, <okay. laughs>
0: um, so you know, I I could really talk about this all day, but I try. I like to try to keep this within a time frame so that you know people don't start to wander. Um, but I can't thank you enough for for this whole conversation. It's really been you know probably out of the hundred plus episodes we've done, this has been the most. Um, And nothing against anybody else, but the most uh, meaningful to me. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you
2: you for having us. And I'm so glad we could could be on here. And I'm glad that it got deep, you know?
0: Yeah, Um, I am too, because it it doesn't ever really, you know, a lot of it's like, you know, BS and back and forth and, you know, Mm -hmm. a a good time. And this was a great time, Um, you know, but I appreciate you allowing me to, you know, also share my story. I don't get to very often. So thank you.
2: I'm glad that you felt comfortable enough to do it, and yeah. so now not only did we hear it, but all your listeners. Yeah,
0: I guess. yeah, all my, all my 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 bad boy persona that it's not good to begin with. It's out they the have a whole
2: new outlook on you, and then they have they're going to be so much more connected with you. You know,
0: I might as well, maybe I'll write a song. You should. I no, there's, I won't. There's I won't. beauty
2: in being vulnerable.
0: It won't be any good, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so my um. You know i told you i have no questions but i do have two um because we are the boots and whiskey podcast do you have a boot brand of choice and do you have a whiskey of choice
2: my boot brand of choice is doc martin's
0: nice <laughs>
2: does that count yeah hell yeah yeah um i love them i wear them all the time um the soft leather they're super comfortable i'm showing my age but they're so comfortable I just ordered another white pair on uh, the Black Friday, so they should be here soon. And I don't drink whiskey. I like wine.
0: Okay. That's all right, too. Wine's not bad. Pinot Noir. Nice. Ben? Boots? Well,
1: <laughs> I have to concur with Cassie's boots decision. And I actually don't drink whiskey either. What? You guys...
0: You guys. If he had
2: known this, he may not have interviewed us. That's true. Good no. thing that was your last question. Right?
0: No kidding. No, it, you know, it's funny because I've I've gotten a lot of um non-whiskey drinkers over over the course of this um this show, and it, it's very strange because they're like, I don't like whiskey, but I like, you know, Miller Lite or tequila or vodka, you know, whatever. And it's it's like, uh you know, because I didn't like whiskey for a very long time. Um, it's really only been in the year, last year, year and a half that I've even liked it, you know. Because if this show would have come out before the whiskey taste, this probably would have been like um, you know, boots and Miller Light kind of <laughs> kind of podcast.
2: Well, what's your favorite kind of whiskey, and what's your favorite kind
0: of boots? Oh my God, my boots are Ariat's, um, because it's the only pair I own, and uh, my whiskey of I like a good Tennessee whiskey. Um Nelson's Green Brier has been one of my favorites.
2: Okay.
0: Um I'm also a uh uh Tennessee Squire, so I have a um a taste for Jack Daniel's as well.
2: Okay, keep it um, in Tennessee, I like it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I really like everything I've ever had from them. Um I, I, from Tennessee and I've really liked the Texas whiskeys that I've had to be honest.
2: Ooh, we love Texas.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Texas is on the on the list of places to get to hopefully sooner rather than later.
2: Yeah. Well, we're going to be playing in Texas in uh, in February
0: and in May. So, nice. Yeah. Nice. People
2: need to check out our schedule.
0: They have yeah. to come and see us. Yeah. So tell, tell everybody how to, how to get in contact with you, how to follow you, how to, how to do all that.
1: Our website is gold goldpinemusic.com. music.com. <laughs> and uh, all social media, including YouTube is all the handle is at Goldpine Music. Awesome. Yeah.
2: So go check it out. come see us, go get our album. all the things.
0: That's awesome. Well thanks guys so much. Um, everybody go check out all their stuff. You won't be disappointed like at all trust me. Um, and hopefully we'll we'll be able to talk soon and we'll see you hopefully when you come up here, um, sooner rather than later. Yeah. it would be great. Thank if you. If we're in the
2: area, you better be there.
0: Yeah. Hell yeah. We'll, um, we'll, we'll get in touch and figure it out and, and, and do it all up. We'll, we'll make it a, we'll make it a thing.
2: Okay. Thanks for having us. Oh,
0: thank you for, for being on. I greatly appreciate it. I'll talk to you guys super soon and, you know, feel free to, to stay in touch. Okay. Thank you. All right, See guys. Ya. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Well there you have it, our conversation with Gold Pine. You know, what did he, what did you think? I mean I thought it was a great conversation. Especially there in the last, you know, twenty minutes or so. It just took it took the whole conversation to a different level. Um again, one of the best conversations we've ever had on this show, and not just recently. I think honestly all time. Um, this conversation was absolutely fantastic. A big thank you to the Wilsons for being on the show and telling their story because I think it's an important one to have. And, you know, I appreciate them allowing me to have the therapy session we did um, because I I feel I guess I needed it. Um, as always, they are more than welcome to come back anytime they want. Um, and I wish them nothing but the best of luck. Um, so thank you for being here. Thank you for all the new listeners from Gold Pine. Um, follow us on Facebook, social media, um, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, you know, we're everywhere. Just find Boots and Whiskey Podcast and we're there. Um, So again, thank you so much for everybody for joining in today. I hope you're enjoying your 2023 so far. Um, Next week we are going to be joined by who are we going to be? Kate Watson. Yeah. Kate Watson's next week. Another great conversation and a great, person so stay tuned for that and until next time guys keep the boots on the grass again i did it again this week again keep the boots on the ground and the whiskey in the glass maybe we should change our maybe we should change our tagline keep the boots on the grass no no keep the boots on the ground guys keep the whiskey in the glass until next time y'all cheers